This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. I had a successful career, an Ivy League education, and led a very rational life. Several years ago, I had a spiritual awakening, developed psychic gifts, and decided to dedicate my life to pursue my purpose and empower others. I'm hungry to learn even more about the incredible potential of the human mind and spirit. On this podcast, I talk to entrepreneurs, executives, scientists, and leaders to hear their stories of transformation, the science behind them, and what it means for you to unlock your potential in your life and career. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. And welcome to All Possibilities. I'm so happy that you could join us today. This episode will be a little different because I actually don't have a guest in the studio with me live. Instead, we're going to take a trip down memory lane. So as you know, I do Akashic Record readings specifically on what someone's life purpose is and what's the highest guidance for them at this time. These are two primary questions that I ask. And what you may not know is that I also do purpose readings for businesses. So a little over a year ago, I was experimenting with actually doing this with a business. And of course, my husband, Rob Sanchez, is always the guinea pig. So he agreed to have me come in and actually do a purpose reading for his company. At the time, he was working for open source fashion, who was started by Pub and Ball. And this was a fashion business consulting firm. And so Rob, Pub and Ball, and a few other of their partners and colleagues actually joined us in a conference room. And I came in with a purpose reading for the actual business for open source fashion. And what happened was an incredible experience, not only for me, because this was sort of a beta test of actually um, applying these Akashic Record readings to business and seeing how it could impact strategy, visioning, and really how people interacted with each other as a team, but also to see what the reactions were from people in the room and uh, especially those who were very skeptical. I'd say most of most of the room was skeptical and I have to uh, be very grateful that everyone gave me their time to actually experiment with this. So what happened afterwards, uh, as context for this particular show, is that it ended up being an incredibly impactful experience for myself and for the team. And as you guys know, I always come up with metaphors within the the readings that really uh, are powerful tools for people to really understand how um, their own purpose interacts with their everyday life. And in this case, it was a metaphor that really impacted the team. So fast forward a little bit, I decided to experiment even before this podcast was born, before we even came up with a name for it, to see, you know, can we get together people um, like Pavan and Rob to sit together 
to talk about what their experience was like, what they got out of it, and for me to actually do a live intuitive reading with them. And really the primary objective was to A, get me in front of a mic because I had never really um, been recorded in this way before, and B, also to see if this would be uh, a good potential show in the future. So what happened is that we recorded this in someone's apartment, and you'll probably notice that there are some audio inconsistencies and some technical difficulties maybe here and there, but this was really our first conversation about how spirituality and purpose and these Akashic Record readings can really impact someone as an entrepreneur, as a business, and also as uh, as a partner, uh, someone who's in a relationship with me. And all of this is very candid, very frank, and um, it's really an inside look at how people's lives can be affected by a single reading. Another note is that since then, open source fashion has kind of um, led to a number of new projects and a number of new businesses, including Mouth Media Network, which you know is the network that produces and hosts this podcast today. So you've sort of a, a glimpse through a, sort of a time capsule lens of how businesses morph and evolve and um, I'd also note that some of the things that we talked about, uh, Mouth Media Network has actually um, grown and expanded and taken new directions ever since that conversation took place. So I hope you enjoy. This is a candid conversation between myself, Pavan Ball, and Rob Sanchez about everything from spirituality to Akashic Record readings to how it impacted them in their business day to day. Hey, welcome everybody. My name is uh, Pavan Ball. I am the founder of Open Source Business. Today we are in my apartment um, recording with my business partner, Mr. Robert Sanchez. Hey, y'all. And uh, his wonderful wife, Julie Chan. Hello. So uh, real quick, some context to this. Um, Open Source Business has been a biz dev consultancy firm that was focusing on um, helping scale and grow early stage innovations that focus on fashion, retail, e-commerce, and such. Uh, we're going through a little bit of a pivot right now, or a hard line pivot <laughs> right now. and uh, Completely different. Yeah, so, and uh, Julie has visited our team um, in the past at our office, maybe two, three months back, and did uh, what you call an Akashic reading, which we'll get into uh, a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. well, soon. And uh, I kind of want to hear, I- I'm not terribly sure what we're doing <laughs> recording this right now, so, Rob, you want to give some context to what's going on? Sure, so... Um, I'll let Julie tell more of her story, but basically uh, she switched careers back in November um, around the same time that you and I started seriously talking about um, joining as business partners and um, bringing on Mark Rako mm-hmm. and, and kind of going in a new direction. Um, at, around that time, she did a reading for me that was a personal reading that kind of helped me with that transition. Actually, no, it would have been a year earlier you did that for me, and it took me a whole year to listen. Um, and then from there, like we joined the company, we were moving along and Julie was going on an entrepreneurial path at that time and mainly working with individuals. We were the test case for working with a business mm-hmm. and, um, it, it actually had a pretty significant impact on what we were doing and how we yeah. thought about what we were doing. And, um, I think in part it led to where we are today. So 
I think it's just going to be interesting to talk a little bit about what we experienced, um, let people kind of know how it impacted what we're doing. Now, is the purpose for this recording to go on Julie's website? Are we putting this on our podcast? Um, what's what's happening here? Um, I think we'll see what unfolds. Okay. For sure, it'll be on Julie's website. Um, I'm thinking that we might be able to cut it up and, and do little segments for different people. But then also, I think it may be something we want to, to either publish inside of Okay. Mouth Network, which is kind of the direction we're going. Okay, or, so if it's, yeah. if it's going to go for Julie's website, let me just throw this out there for those that don't know. Rob and I, as well as Mark Rako, we have a podcast which is uh, world-leading in the intersection of fashion and technology called Fashion Is Your Business. We also have another podcast um, produced and run by Mr. Charles Beckwith that is called American Fashion Podcast. So uh, we record things. And um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're recording and so this. And let's record. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, so now I understand. So basically this is like a freestyle conversation about what you do, what you've done for us, mm-hmm. and anything else you want to get out of this recording, Julie? Well, I actually made her give us readings as well. Julie, your voice is her. very deep right now. Yeah. Res- <laughs> Some might say yes. stunningly revealing. Yes. Yeah. Um, so in your, in your kind of what are you looking to get out of this recording? Sure. So, well, first of all, thank you for having me. This is very um, exciting. Um, So I'm Julie Chan, founder of Being My Purpose, and we are a social enterprise where we empower people to know what their life purpose is. I love that you say we. Mm. We, which basically me and Mm -hmm. all the other, you know, guides I work with. (laughs) It is a collective we. Um, But yes, so we empower people to know what their life purpose is and how they can express it with confidence, courage, and creativity. Um, so my background is actually in urban planning and economic development, and I kept coming back to you know, the reason why a lot of businesses are not growing at the, fa- at the pace that they want to, or the reason why someone is unhappy in their job because they feel like they're missing something, um, in large part is because they are not aware of what their life's purpose is and that's been their kind of motivating why and they might make decisions based on it mm-hmm. and, um, and I can talk a little bit more about my whole spiritual journey that let me discover my own purpose but what led me to see that empowering businesses is the next step for me after coaching individuals mostly is that when a person understands the purpose of their business and they're able to see what blocks they have and actually address them on a team-based level as well as an individual you know, leadership capacity, then, then the business is able to really make the impact that it was meant to make. And so that's, that's really what I saw my role, and it just so happened that you know, Rob, being my husband, was like, of course, you know, you're always <laughs> the guinea pig, right? So, so that's um, how it all started where I said, hey, you know, I can... Um, beta test doing business purpose readings for you for the entire team and see um, where that where that can go so but why you I understand what you do we've actually felt the impact of it personally but anyone that's listening to this why why are you able to consult folks through this stuff is it through your experience um, why don't you to unfold that about a little bit sure yeah so I I have a very unique and personal style with doing um, Akashic Record readings. So for those who are unfamiliar with what that is, it's essentially an etheric record of every thought, 
emotion and experience that you want to have for each soul. And since everybody uses etheric in daily conversation, do you want to, you want to explain what <laughs> oh, that sure. is? Oh, sure. It just means like you can't see it. It's it, when I tell people that there's TV and radio waves everywhere. There is information out there that you can't see, but when you're the right antenna at the right frequency, you can access that information. So the same with any um, I call spiritual information or intuitive information on that level. You can access it. It is always there. And every human being is an antenna to access it. So I've just kind of honed my own um, muscle um, to actually receive that information. Now, did you make a concentrated effort to get your mind attuned so you're able to do this? Or is this something that naturally kind of fell in line? Yeah, so, so I'm not one of those people who was born with intuitive or psychic ability. Um, I led much of my life not knowing this existed and um, my background is such that I you know, went to all the top schools, um, you know, Yale for undergrad, MIT for grad school, and led a very rational and analytical life. I think part of, part of me did think there's, some, there's probably something else out there, but I didn't, um, I didn't understand the true nature of that until actually a, a number of spiritual experiences I had that I can talk more about. But, um, but that's what led me to intentionally develop these abilities. Um, part of my work is also teaching other people how to. Uh, I kind of coached Rob into knowing how to do this as well. Um, but And so, I'm terrible at it. Yeah. Well, no, I, I'm always empowering him to, you know, try, try hard. Someone needs to empower this <laughs> I try every day. I try every day. Yeah, so, so yeah, so I'm able to access that information. I have my own process. I, I do a meditation. I set an intention. And my strongest intuitive sense is actually clear audience, which means clear hearing. I think it's because I'm a musician, but I am able to receive thought impressions. Once you know, I've meditated, I've cleared my mind of my own thoughts, I receive thought impressions from a higher source. And how I do these readings is I'm fully conscious, I'm at my laptop, um, I do all my readings before I've met with the person or met with the entrepreneur, and I'm, I'm just typing. It's like dictation. I will get pages and pages and pages of text about a person's purpose, of our business's purpose, what blocks they have, what actions they can take, etc. Now, you did mention a couple instances w which inspired you to look into this a little bit more. Do you feel comfortable talking about that? Sure. Because I'm curious. Yeah, you're curious. <laughs> I don't know if I've shared this with you. Um, yeah, so actually it was when I was a grad student at MIT. I was there to get a, a master's in urban planning, economic development. And it was a very, it was a rough and stressful time for me. I think I, I was at a full course load. Um, you know, Rob and I were doing long distance. I was in Cambridge. He was back in New York. And... Um, I was a lead project manager for uh, an affordable housing development competition. Essentially, you know, a team of eight grad students, some with you know way more years of experience doing real estate development than I did. Somehow, I found myself as a project manager, um, and I questioned why. I was you know definitely a little insecure at that point. But uh, we worked for four intense months. It felt like you know on top of everything else I was doing. And on the day the project was due, 
everything just went wrong. We, you know, we had to get this um, proposal professionally printed, none of the files pulled together in the right way, and we were in danger of missing the deadline. You know, all that hard work down the drain. So someone had called me um, on my team, you know, said some things that, that, that triggered me, and it felt like, you know, you know why are we in this mess? Um, I felt like I was not a good project manager, and I felt the burden of letting him down, letting my whole team down, letting the nonprofit that we were working with down, and then, you know, letting all low-income people down. What a downer. Um, yeah, what a downer, because, you know, I came from that background, and so it felt really personal to be working on this project. Um, and so I just started sobbing, hyperventilating. You know, I hung up the phone, and I was just off. I don't think I've ever felt that before. I was, I was like a chicken with its head cut off. I was completely <laughs> gone. And at that moment, I noticed a bird had landed on my windowsill. I lived on the third floor in Cambridge. And it's one of those windows that you can push out. Mm -hmm. And so it takes some effort for a bird to fly up and, kind of and, on, in. and in and onto the windowsill. So I remember walking over and my face was just right there by the window. And I thought this bird would fly away and it didn't. It was just, I noticed it was a robin. So it was just, you know, chilling, <laughs> just hanging out there. And I remember looking at it and thinking, you are so beautiful. You are free. And I want to be you. And that just made me sob even more, of course, because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't there. And then the next moment I felt this intense rush of peace just flow through my body. Just head to toe. My mind went completely blank. And it, it was it was like an electric, solid feeling of peace. Like if peace could be solid, I felt it. And that was probably my first intuitive hit where like it was just a firing at the same time. I felt this knowing in my heart. I heard it in my head and a flash of an image went across my mind's eye. And it, it was just using all of these newfound senses to say, everything is okay. And then in that moment, the bird flew away. So I was like, I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> but it gave me the opening to you know, make the right phone calls, to you know, get back into action. And it turned out everything was fine. We submitted this proposal. All you have to do um, is press print? Is that what happened? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, that's if, how you do only, this. If only it would have been that easy. Um, but everything ended up fine. And then a month later, it turned out we won the competition. Nice. And, you know, $10,000, half of which went to the nonprofit. And that, to me, kind of didn't matter. It was this experience opened up this whole new world of there is something out there and no one's teaching me about it and so I then became hungry to learn everything. What brought you to Akashic Records? Yeah, so that journey took a good number of years. So once once I, you know, graduated, it was, you know, me and Rob living together and I was very closet about this. Like only Rob knew what was going on. I did yeah. not tell anyone because I thought that, you know, A, they'll think I'm nuts 
and B, that I might ruin my reputation in some way. Mm-hmm. So thank goodness for things like Amazon. I can just order stuff <laughs> like books <laughs> online and no one really has to know. So it was, you know, I ordered They everything. know, but no one they, they know. <laughs> <laughs> they know, true. Um, and it was really just my own story of like of not wanting people to, to know this side of me. But, but I learned everything from... You know, are there angels and psychic development and tarot cards? And I remember doing tarot readings, like in our apartment, yeah, and then sitting on the bed. And and, <laughs> and Rob would be like, "Hey, you know, my start. I want to. Can you ask a question for my startup?" And it became this uh, thing. And it wasn't. And I was still working. I worked actually, you know, in economic development in in New York City. And so my day job was like everything I was passionate about and my night was just everything else that was new for me tarot readings all sorts of things well going into this I mean uh, you mentioned that you're very analytical through education yeah were you always spiritual or is uh, would you ever walk by psychic reading here and actually walk in and get your reading done before to start reading this or was Um, everyone else also crazy no I mean, it was interesting looking back because I never, I would never have walked in to get a psychic reading because I think I just like, oh, it's all a fraud, you know, they're out to get your money, and um, so that that didn't occur to me. At the same time, I remember growing up with my mom who, who always said she had a sixth sense, and I always thought that, oh, you know, my mother, like every mother probably says they have a sixth sense because they know more than you do and they might... You know, say it just to convince you to do things that you, you know, don't feel like doing. But I think she actually did. <laughs> and I now looking back, I think I probably get the sense from her. But she, so so we never like we weren't religious. She, yeah. I'd say she used to know things though. She would call you when something happened. I remember it happening a, a couple of times where you get a phone call from your mom almost immediately after something you had done. And she'd be like, my eye was twitching. I knew I needed to call you. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, and I would be like, well, my eye doesn't twitch, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was interesting. Like, I, there, there's kind of this level of, yeah, I get it. I kind of grew up with just maybe some layer that was otherworldly. But we, as a family, were never religious in that. Like, we never went to church. Um, what is interesting, though... And I can talk about this later, but part of my purpose is to build a family of spiritually empowered people. My mom had always told me a story that, you know, when she was pregnant with me, she was at St. Vincent's Hospital, a Catholic institution, and she saw, you know, she knew this, and she, she was thinking to herself that if she had a girl, that then she'll believe in God. And then I was born, and in that moment, my purpose was expressed. I had already built a family of spiritually empowered people simply by being born. And that was a mind-blown moment for me, because I didn't know my purpose through the Akashic Records until, you know, I was in my late 20s. So so I've heard that story so many times, and it wasn't until that moment I was like, oh my god. That makes sense, yeah. That was, that was my purpose. But it didn't mean, like, that's it, I'm done. Like, <laughs> job done. It just meant that 
everything else then became an expansion of that purpose. And I think that even relates to when I met Rob and that whole story that... Well, I, I want to, so I want to transition into the actual work that you do now. So got a good understanding of the background. Um, and we're, I, I kind of have an understanding of what the Akashic record is. And I guess maybe it'll make more sense to everybody as we kind of hear it in practice. So a couple things, maybe, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe we could talk about the experience with open source business and the team that Julie had done a reading for, um, from what I understand, you actually prepared a reading today. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we could we could do that if if that's something that we're comfortable with. I'm okay with it. You. Yeah. Okay. And then um, the third is I'm also curious about hearing um, about what it can do for couples. So you've mentioned that. Well, for all the listeners, I'm getting married in about about four or five weeks from today, and. Um, Julie and Rob have been generous enough to give us a uh, like a couple's reading. So I kind of want to hear about that. If you guys have done it for each other, I cannot imagine that you haven't. Um, and just to kind of get the, um, the reactions to that and what it's done for you guys personally. So why don't we start? Where do you want to start, Rob? Um, yeah, we can start a little bit with the business. So I guess I can talk about me and then mm-hmm. why I brought it in. So... Um, Several years ago, I was going through kind of a, a rough time. I had a business partner that wasn't a great fit and was working on a project that was really draining and uh, wasn't in the best place in my life. Um, and Should so, we call it like before Pub and Ball? Like no, no, because you were still and there. after Pub and Ball? Like APB? <laughs> no, you were, you were still there. Yeah. I was just waiting for the right time to work with you. Sure. You know? Yeah, so... Um, so Pavan and I have known each other since the moment I was in the fashion industry. Um, and I think like maybe... Still in school. You were at Fordham Law. Yeah. Um, so when I launched my conference, you were the first promoter of my conference. That was Law, Business, and Finance for Fashion. Um, so anyways, the business after that wasn't going that great. I was in a pretty low spot. And so I asked Julie to do a reading for me and... Um, I interpreted the reading slightly different than she does, and we can maybe talk about that. That's part of the couple's side. Um, but what I got out of the reading she gave was that I have this three-part purpose. The first one is that I need to take what's in my head and express it through my hands, and it needs to be part, like it needs to connect with the love, the like, like basically everything about me needs to be in line, and then I can express something fully and, and that's kind of the like working on that is that first part um, the second part is to experience unconditional love and I always read it as not being able to control it but I know that Julie has a different take on that a little bit but it basically is that I can't help but love people and then the third one is that um, I need to wander and explore And so when she gave me this reading, what I took from it was I wasn't building what was in my head. I was building somebody else's vision. Um, I was being taken advantage of on the love side, and I wasn't protecting myself. Like, people were essentially using me. And then um, I had 
begun to do the same thing every single day and it was really wearing at me and so that that gave me the space to kind of step back and so a few months later I moved to half time a few months after that I quit completely and then two months after I left the company which actually would be a year and a month now um, you and I formally decided to, to partner up um, so that was life-changing for me and from then on I always so now I don't work with people who I don't love I don't build things that I'm not passionate about and I make sure that whatever I'm doing I'm always learning and growing and, and so on and it's been just a mind-blowing shift in my life and so we were sitting here building our company and I was wondering like can we get that same amount of usefulness out of something like this <clears throat> and so I actually asked you if you'd be willing to do it. And yeah, I said yes right yeah, away. You said yes right away. A couple of the team members were a little hesitant, and, mm -hmm. and afterwards you found out that you know there was a lot of fear about what it would be, and also fear of something being shared that shouldn't be public, um, which was interesting. And, and it turned out that neither of those things were the case. So that was kind of uh, interesting. It took the, the whole team... A little bit to, to get on the same page but. yeah so I'll kind of describe the experience um, of the team reading a little bit so uh, nobody really knew what to expect we booked a conference room in a co-working space that we were working in at the time it was seven of us I want to say uh, sitting around a large conference room and uh, Julie, now this is, uh, to be clear, this is a reading for open source business it's not an individual reading such yeah. as Rob just explained that he had um, but this is something that um, Julie had kind of honed in before meeting us and had a summary of one image. Basically, so the image dictates what you have written down. Is that correct? Um, not necessarily. I can maybe describe my, my process overall in that I would set an intention to access um, information about open source business specific questions case. yeah mm -hmm. and I would ask you know what is the what is the purpose first of all of this business what is the highest guidance at this time what blocks does it have that's really impacting and impeding how this business can expand and um, in this case also I did many many intuitive or small readings for each of the staff as a way of um, empowering each business partner or each staff member so what came out of that was, you know, during my, you know, fully conscious, I'm just hearing these thought forms and I'm typing it all up at my laptop. And I did this all before I actually met with you guys. Um, it, I think it was maybe around four or five pages of literal text. And I didn't change any of it. It just all came out. It flowed in this beautifully articulated way, talking about everything from, you know, what is the purpose, what... What role does it play in the industry? What exactly is the industry? Um, and what are some of the blocks and barriers around um, how the business has been operating from an individual perspective as well as a team perspective? And I, I don't foresee or I don't know what comes out of any of that until it just flows. At this point in the conversation, we'll take a brief pause and we'll return shortly to hear the rest of it. We'll be right back. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. 
follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. Greetings, Mouth Media Network listener. My name is Davin Riley, and I'm willing to bet you like music. And even if my assumption is wrong, I still think you should come and check out our show, The Music Lover Podcast, where we sit down with entrepreneurs, pioneers, artists, and the unsung heroes of the music industry. Together, we'll uncover the insider perspectives on some of your favorite companies and artists as we analyze music business trends through a technological lens. Find us at the Music Lover Podcast. But remember, that's Music Lover without the vowels. M-S-C-L-V-R. Yes, we're that cool. And since you're cool too, we should be friends. The Music Lover Podcast. We'll see you there. Let's continue with the conversation with Pavin Ball, Rob Sanchez, and myself. Let's chat a little bit about the business reading for open source business. Um, can you talk about the, the process? I know I don't know whether you find like the picture first, or I mean, can you walk through yeah. what you did for us? Yeah, sure. So the process I have is the same as when I do any of the individual purpose readings. Um, I will meditate first clear my mind, and then set an intention to look at, you know, what is the purpose of And the intention means that business. you actually are, okay, for open source business, we're going to answer these defined questions? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So so I had a list of questions, you know, I, I do it all in a Google Doc, actually. Mm -hmm. And I will, you know, some of the questions are, what is the purpose of open source business? What is the highest guidance for this business at this time? What blocks does it have? Um, that can help the business expand or, you know, whatever they're looking at and um, what actions can they take. So for the business reading, I actually did, um, I also did mini intuitive readings for each of the staff members. So that was an added, um, I think I did five or six, maybe even more um, to help empower each staff member or business partner on whatever's going on in their life, because ultimately you can't compartmentalize what's going on into your life um, and, and not bring it into work every day. So how I did it was, you know, I'm fully conscious at my laptop. I hear thought forms and I just typed out literally maybe five or six pages of text. Um, it just flows. It's beautifully articulated. It's not my voice. It's actually a you know, higher source's voice. And um, every so often I might hear, okay, it's time for an image because an image is worth a thousand words. And if anything, this is more like streaming video. So I'll sit mm -hmm. back, I'll close my eyes, and I'll see things and feel things. That's clairvoyance and clairsentience. And all of it is really meant as a complex metaphor, because that's really the best way to communicate a lot of complex ideas in a way that, you know, we can understand. So, so then I would... type very fast. I do. Actually, you know what? Mm -hmm. I remember in the sixth grade, my teacher had, had taught us all how to touch type. And he said, you are all going to thank me. And now I'm just like, yep. So I it, was, can it wasn't home row? It was, uh, What's uh, touch typing? Touch versus... type. You don't even have to see 
where your fingers you are. You do it off the little and bumps. You're, you're able most to... keyboards have those little bumps. You, yeah. Sure. You feel it, and then you just go. You you know but I where never have the... to look at yeah. the keyboard. Right. Is that yeah. home row? Like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like knowing where the the two. I don't even know how you describe it. Maybe it's home row, and then that's where your hand is. Yeah. And then you just. Yeah. From there. So I can have my eyes closed and I'll type. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or, or I'm mm-hmm. like looking at something else and typing. You'd be surprised how many people can't. Yeah. I am very surprised at this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair um, enough. Yeah. So I receive all of that and it just closes and, you know, it ends really nicely and I know I'm done. And then, I, then that's the only time I meet with you. So now, some, before going yeah. into our reading, I want to ask you a question about the higher source hmm. um i'm picturing raiden from mortal Kombat. what do you <laughs> have in your head about who this higher source is do you have a visual yeah it's it's sort of like a universal divine love if you could imagine it like uh, if you can imagine a white light or you know some people like when they do the akashic records they picture this beautiful giant library with filled with dusty books um I just picture... Oh, it's a place. It's not a person for you. It, yeah, you can think of it as it is a place in the spiritual realm that exists. Mm. And in order for you to access it, you just have to quiet your mind and set that intention. Because Raiden, for me, uh, for those that don't know, uh, looks like he's walking through rice fields with this large umbrella hat. And he also looks like a martial arts champion. Mm. <laughs> you, you can picture, yeah, picture him if you want. That's the one. Okay. <laughs> just curious whatever works for you <laughs> uh okay so um in in the readings we go back to this reading often as an executive team yeah so whenever we're making uh larger decisions uh that are will affect the business we go back to the underlying theme which we kind of pulled from it which was uh, having the business be a trampoline when i started open source fashion as a meetup group, um, 2011, I stressed the importance of collaboration. So our two pillars were always education and collaboration. And collaboration was something at the time that wasn't very trendy. Um, in a you know we were in an industry fashion is traditionally very guarded, and not until recently folks are embracing uh, the power of community and collaboration. And things of that nature. And I always felt not felt that open source fashion or now open source business um, is a platform where people could come in, combine their collective intelligence or work, whatever it may be, and propel each other higher than they can on their own. And hearing trampoline for the first time as your image that you pulled in amongst the the beautifully eloquently written things that Raiden had given you <laughs> about about you know the four pages of, of very descriptive content um mm-hmm. the trampoline really stuck with us and it's something that actually guides our decisions on at least a bi-monthly up, basis yeah. it comes up almost every week we talk about yeah yeah or mention it so for our business, um, we were profoundly affected by the reading that you had given us. Um, one part of the reading that was quite interesting and that it's affecting us now 
is um, mentioning how there are different layers to this trampoline. So somebody could jump as high as they can on one trampoline and then they switch to another one. Mm -hmm. And then it also said that the surface area itself needs to expand and should be constantly evolving and expanding. And as we're looking into a pivot of our business into more of a media play, so a media company versus a biz dev and consulting company, Rob and I revisited the the record that you had put together, mm -hmm. the summary. And we said, wow, this, to me, this is now expanding the size or the surface area of this trampoline so more people could be on it at the same time, giving a bigger impact. And we internalized that as we're on the right track. We're mm -hmm. doing it right. Um, I don't know how much of this is... And again, right, I'm going to be a skeptic like anyone else is a skeptic that doesn't have this antenna. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much of this is hearing something that resonated with me and now being able to have like a comfort pillow that I go back to and say, yes, it's within that frame. Mm -hmm. So now this makes sense. How do you see that and how do you respond to that comment? Mm. Yeah, so the Akashic Records for me is, it's, it sees you at your completion. So when we talk about purpose, it's about, if you look at the end point, like what is the thing that you have achieved? And for you, it was that open source business was the creator of trampolines. And it then went into so much nuance about, you know, every time someone engages with the trampoline, they get a little bit higher and higher in terms of their height. And then there's another trampoline that they jump onto and another one, another one until it gets to some, you know, mountain that's their definition of success. And then it went into all these other variables of the surface area and how many people are on it. And how do you think about making sure if you do have a group of people on it, no one's bumping into one another and getting hurt in the process. And what are the checks and balances that have to be in place in order to be that functional platform? Mm -hmm. To answer your question, a lot of businesses are always running after the money. And if a new opportunity comes up that says that just looks so good and for a split second you're like, oh, wow, you know, this, this could mean a lot of money for us, it might not actually fit into what we as a team want to do. And so if you don't have a clear idea of your purpose and your mission and what, it could, what you want to create as your end result, it is very easy to then say, you know what, I want to, I want to go down that path. And it may, I'm a believer that any path will eventually lead you somewhere and you'll have something to learn and grow from it. You know, all roads lead to Rome or something like that. Mm -hmm. But my goal with my work is to empower people to really accelerate that and to consciously express, um, themselves, whether it's in the choices that they make their business decisions to, um, align with their true joy. So it actually took a moment and maybe in some conversations with Rob, I was seeing that, you know what, they could decide to go down this route and that could mean a lot of money, but where is to, to have that split second to look at where is the joy and how does it fit in with what you truly want to do in terms of the impact that you want to have? And is that going to get you there? So in our business, we hit it right? You hit it on the nose with the trampoline. How often are you hitting and missing? Have there been experiences, whether it's a personal reading 
from what I understand, Rob comes back to me in the office sometimes and said, wow, Julie did a session for a group of people. And it profoundly brought out these emotions and excitements and desperations that they never knew existed. How often are you inciting these feelings and these inspirations versus not at all? Have you, have you had both experiences? Hmm. I'd say 99.9% of my sessions have incited that level of life altering clarity. And some people, if I'm doing a personal reading, like they might be in tears at mm -hmm. the first sentence and I still have five pages to go. And that to me is powerful in how the information is able to resonate and also how by the end of the session, their energy level has completely changed. Mm -hmm. They might have gone from depressed, I'm not excited to wake up in the morning, I don't see a will to live, I've had that before, to, oh my God, I now understand like all the stuff that happened to me, there was actually a reason that I can grasp consciously. And that is such a thrill to feel that emanating from them because we're human beings. We can feel when someone is in joy and we can feel when they are down and that becomes a ripple effect. I would say, so I get to hear her reaction. We don't really talk about what's in the readings, but I get to hear her reaction when she comes home. And the only time I remember her saying like this person just didn't get a thing out of it a month, month and a half later, that person came back to her and was just like, I didn't want to admit it. And I took like a month to process this and this is now where I'm at. Mm. Um, so beyond that, I think almost every other one has been at the very least helpful. Mm -hmm. And for me, so I have a maybe different perspective than Julia. I'm not a hundred percent sure because we haven't really talked about this, but, um, the way I use the, the readings that I got, I think both the business one and the personal one is that, um, they're not prescriptive at all. It's just an extra question to ask. And so yeah, you're not telling people what yeah. to do. You're just describing yeah. what yeah. you're it's seeing. It's not like, You'll have free it's will. not that this is going to mm -hmm. happen. It's not that this is what you have to do. It's more like if you ask these questions on top of what you're already doing, you'll come to a better decision. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah. Really good. so yeah. from the business side, have you now gone on to consult any or done a reading for another business since open source business? And that was relatively recently. So, yeah, so I've done two more. Okay. Um, and each one I'm still in the process of analyzing and getting feedback, but each one has provided so much more clarity around what, their mission is i'd say they're both at different stages one is still in the kind of ideation you know that i want to do this i might have a name i might um have some ideas for services in mind but um they don't quite know how it all fits together and so the reading itself was able to essentially give them a mission statement they were like oh my nice. god can i just copy these words down <laughs> and can i like was I the answer yes yeah, I was like, you can do whatever you want with this reading. It's all it's all to help you. Right. Um, and they even said, wow, I, I know what my logo might look like based on this and how they might think about the services they provide. So that was one. Okay, so that was one of the readings. So so for a business, I, 
This is interesting because you are you making a full turn towards business readings? Because now, okay, so, oh, congratulations, by the way. It's been a year since you ventured yeah. on your own. You started your own yeah. business. And Rob yep. was telling me that yep. it just was this past week, right? Yeah. One year? Yep. What was One the date? Year. Um, Right after Labor Day. That's the date I have. All right, fair <laughs> enough. So this month, basically. So, yep. um, congratulations. Thank you. So in the last year, you were mostly working with individuals. Mm-hmm. You came across our experience um, as almost like a beta, as you mentioned. Yep. It went well. You did two more past that. Are you making a full-on switch towards business coaching? I'm adding that to the repertoire. Got yes. it. Got it. Yes. So let's then maybe talk about the other um, ways in which folks can get value out of an Akashic reading. And when I say folks, um, I have a wedding coming up, as I mentioned. A wedding, meaning my wedding, is coming up <laughs> in, uh, in oh, about four or five weeks. Congratulations. Congrats. Excellent fishing. <laughs> right. No, no, no. It's not even the fishing. It's 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 relevant to what I'm going to go into. I'm actually just curious. So um, I'm I'm all on board, right? I've experienced not only the business reading for open source business, but you did a mini reading for um, all the team members, including myself. Yes. I did my reading in front of the entire team, which was uh, I think it was a really good experience for everyone to hear that. Yeah, I think team it was bonding. really useful for the team. It was great. Yeah. Um, so two things. Like we still have two yet. things on the agenda today. One is I want to hear about the couple stuff because uh, we're going to – I have to convince Diddy that she's a she's a forever skeptic, right? So we have to convince Diddy that – that's my fiance um, – that we're going to do this and she's going to be involved in participating because she's like, I ain't doing that. I was like, yes, you are. Actually, we're 100% doing that. <laughs> she goes, <laughs> she goes. all right, we'll see, we'll see. So I want to hear the naysayers. I want to hear about your experience as a couple doing the readings. Why don't you kind of talk about that, what it's done for you guys, if it's done anything for you guys, um, and how that, for you, doing a reading on yourself, does that actually, is that a thing? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk about couples readings. Have you done, how many have you done in the last year? I've done four or five. Okay. Couples, couples readings. Um, how long do those take? Well, I mean, they used to take four hours for the whole, cause I would do a purpose reading for each person. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you have added commentary from the other significant other, then that adds to the time. And then I also, you know, I experimented with doing them separately. That was actually really interesting because sometimes people don't want to say the whole truth in front of the mm-hmm. other person. So it oh. actually, it actually was useful to hold them separately. And then I would clean in out my yeah, closet, out my closet. <laughs> <laughs> whatever's holding you back, right. Yeah. From fully being present in the relationship, having both sessions separately and then kind of coming together and providing, um, coaching on how what did they you and Rob learn it. about each other? <laughs> well, so, we were in an interesting place. We'd been together for seven years when we got married. And when we wrote the vows, we actually spent five, six hours sitting in our apartment um, talking about what we wanted the vows to be and why. And the one thing that we came up with, so we went through some ups and downs in, in those seven years. And um, and we've now been together for 12 years. 12 years, yeah. I always get it wrong and say 13. Um Oh, those 12 felt like 13. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's cause I'm bad at math. And so 
when we did the vows, the one thing, and we get asked by a lot of couples because we've been like, we were married from day one. I, I think yeah. like three weeks in, I knew that I was going to marry her. And, um, it took me seven years. It took her seven years. You actually but, proposed twice Yeah, to get a yes out of her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And it was worth it. Um, but what we learned over those seven years was that the only thing that matters in a relationship is the willingness to let the other person grow and to support them as they do that. Like, honestly, what she's doing now, I could have freaked out and just like run the other way and been like, Oh my God, you're becoming a psychic. What the hell is this? Um, when like, so I left my faith when we got married because the ministers wouldn't marry us. And that to me was just like, they clearly don't understand what love and soulmates are. And, and so I actually left my church during that. And so that was a tremendous growing period for me. Um, and so we've, we've been through so much, but the whole time we've just been open to letting the other person grow and support them in that. So we wrote the vows around that. And, um, I think like what, what for me, the readings that we've done and shared have done is they've, improved the communication cycle and improved the cycle time on the distress that comes during the growing pains. And now like we can have an argument that lasts until we're able to clearly articulate why we're having it and then immediately solve it. Um, and that's been pretty amazing. Like having a, and that came through the reading that was part of getting to that point. Yeah. It I gave us it, a language to right. share. I think it's an understanding what drives each person. So so I don't know if I had shared fully my purpose, but one part is to use my voice to sing. And I had sung through much of my life through college, um, a cappella, and then stopped singing when I was working for 10 years because I didn't think it was important. And now I'm back to singing now that I know what my part of my purpose is. But I will come up with my own reasons of, oh, I don't, I don't have time, I don't have energy, you know, I'm too tired. And one, one moment I remember in having Rob know my purpose is that I, I was actually feeling kind of stressed out with my work and thinking that I was a bit unfulfilled. That, that was before I figured out, you know, my next step in starting this business. And I was, I remember coming home, I basically just passed out on the couch and I was just like, I'm just so tired. And Rob said, you need to sing. You've been talking about it for weeks and you still haven't done it. Just open up your laptop, you know, put on YouTube and sing something. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm so tired. And then he used our dog as the the bait. (laughs) Our dog's name is Ralph. And he was like, I'm going to walk Ralph, but I'm not going to take him out until you sing until you look as if you're like ready to sing. And, and we, Ralph really looked like Ralph, he needed to move. Yeah, oh, Ralph he, was like he whining. <laughs> he was like, and he was like, Oh my God, please take me out. And Rob's like, Nope, I'm not taking him out until you. His mommy's got to sing. Mommy's got to yeah. sing. So I was like, fine. I sat up, you know, opened up my laptop, started singing. He come, he leaves with Ralph. I think he comes back an hour later. I'm still singing. I am energized. I'm like, I probably continue on. And that's just an example of, essentially not taking the reasons I come up with for not doing something. You're just saying like, that's just BS. Like, you know what your purpose is. You might not know it at this time because you're just so tired, but that's not an excuse. And so he was willing to, to play that role to really support me in, 
in pushing through that. Sometimes you have to be willing to take a bit of pain to get there. But like, I know where she needs to be. So I'm willing to take the pain that she's going to inflict on me and vice versa. I think sometimes knowing that after that person lashes out, they'll get to where they need to be. And knowing that that's coming, like you just have to be willing to embrace it. So knowing the pain points, knowing the triggers is really helpful because I can know that it's not personal and that, you know, like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And half an hour later, she'll have worked through that. And, and the other part of my purpose is to share my story. And I was really closeted about sharing this with anyone, like even people who had known us for a long time. And I remember we were at a business networking event and he, Rob was just like, Hey, Julie, why don't, why don't you tell them about the Akashic records? And I You're just like, glared at him. Go <laughs> F yourself, actually. Like, what the? I was like, you did not just say that in front of, you know, business. People. Contacts. <laughs> <laughs> and coworkers. Uh, coworkers yeah. and like yeah. people in actually, the Actually, you told industry. me about that. You were, you were cracking up. <laughs> yeah. and, and these people were just like, oh, interesting. I've never heard of it. Why don't you tell us about it? <laughs> so it ended up being fine like more than fine where you know it but Got it, a that few was clients out of it <laughs> <laughs> it it helped me get more comfortable with my own purpose because your own purpose may not be the easiest thing for you but once you get through that resistance yeah. you then understand the larger role that you have to play which is really just to share to people that this is possible and that this exists you know i've i've never been to couples therapy but it's a thing and it's a real thing in fact, it's a booming, booming business here in the U.S. <laughs> and I'm sure elsewhere. Don't have a problem yet? Let us give you one. <laughs> right. <laughs> it almost seems as though um, every disconnect in relationships that I come across result back to um, an inability to understand the other person. And that's what therapy generally is you you know is focused on kind of uh, undermining and uh, not undermining sorry how do you how do you say uh kind of bringing about or lost for words exposing is good so i guess like this couples therapy thing what the way that i view it is that um they ask the right questions and listen to the right stories that are supposed to expose um how individuals work what excites them what depresses them, um, all those things. Can this be used as a form of couples therapy when people are actually in a bad place as a relationship? Do you suggest that? So people come to me to do a reading or the, you know, the purpose session for very different reasons. Some people it's more of a career, other people, you know, they are, have just gone through a breakup and they just, well, it has rocked their world. I want to keep on target with this couple stuff. So specifically when I know you do the individual things and for various reasons, but for couples, I'm sure it's a totally different trigger that's bringing them to you. Well, I think it's the same answer that she was about to give. Um, some couples come in because a person in the relationship might be in a bad place. Right. Um, mm. Yeah. Like 
one of the reasons why a relationship has gotten to that point of breaking is because one person, probably both people, have not actually expressed their purpose. And that is an underlying stress. And once this person knows their purpose, sees how, let's say, you know, I, I always use light and kind of whether it's on or off, whether your light is dim or whether it's on as sort of the benchmark, let's say throughout this entire relationship there, or maybe in you know, most majority of the relationship, their light has been off and they become unfulfilled in all aspects of their life. And it, of course, manifests in their relationship. You can't completely separate how one shows up in career and with one how show how one shows up in their relationship. So afterwards, once they know their purpose, they then realize, oh my God, like this, like, yeah, this might this relationship might work. It might not work. And I'm okay with that. They're actually able to feel that sense of empowerment. And then and I've had cases where they just suddenly find another relationship that is over the moon, like beyond what they could have imagined a relationship to be because they they are able to express themselves fully and then attract someone who appreciates that side of them. Inside of the couples, one of them... So I sat in on the first couple reading you did because um, it was a, a close friend and her boyfriend and they were at the bottom. Like she was concerned about whether he had the will to live and she was in a rough spot. And, um, what struck me. So recently we caught back up with them and they came. So she basically said, I didn't email you because I wanted to share this in person, but she came and shared how it had changed. And now, you know, like for them, it went from being two people struggling against the world to them basically shedding all of that baggage. Um, he was now a chef and a writer and she was like in her dream job. And, um, what happened for them was the ability to support each other as they made the transition out of the dark place. And then it also gave them that light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and the knowledge that the light at the end of the tunnel wasn't a train. I think that's <laughs> coming full steam ahead. Yeah, full steam ahead. Yeah. That's always what I'm afraid of sometimes, you know? Um, and so in that, in the um, reading itself, both of them saw where they could be and the despair shifted. And then it took them about a year for them to get to a point where the, the situation shifted. Um, but that was pretty amazing to see. And, and really it was a, a shared end goal was what they got out of it was that you know like it doesn't have to be a struggle yeah and for i think knowing rob's purpose has helped me a lot because there are aspects of rob <laughs> that are rough that are very you know unique and i'd say like not everyone can handle <laughs> Uh, you know, a, an entrepreneur in the way that he is. And so, as he had said, part of his purpose is to turn what's in his mind into reality through his hands, but there has to be a mind-heart-hand connection. And 
someone who sees, you know, the number of projects that he's done um, or the different startups that he's done, they might say, like, why, like, why are you doing all of those things? And when he mentioned the vows, he had written in, I'm to support all of his pursuits and that we support each other and all of our different pursuits, knowing that side of him. And for me to understand his purpose was like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, this job that he's in, he's not using his hands. He's, he doesn't have the heart connection or he doesn't have the full connection going. And so I'm able to be there to support him to think through that. So it gives each couple a toolkit to to be able to have something to refer back to and say, hey, you know, I, I can ask you the questions of, is this really in line with your purpose? And you can feel it. Um so that's one example. The other example is I had one moment where he came home one day and he was like, I hugged a homeless person. And for whatever reason, I flipped. Like yeah, we got into, jump in the shower. <laughs> I, was, I was like, burn your clothes. <laughs> like I got really angry. We were in an argument and I was like, oh my, there could be bed bugs. Like, what did you do? Like, what, what possessed you to do such a thing? Like that was um, like, not, that was not a place where I was, you know, really good. And it, that was before I knew his purpose. Afterwards, part of his purpose is to express unconditional love. She needed a hug. And, I was, and yeah, and I had asked him, like, why did you do it? And you said she needed a hug. And at the point, I couldn't understand that. I was like, <laughs> WTF. <laughs> but in this case, I was like, wow. He was mm. just being who he is. And I want to accept that and embrace that for me to fully accept him as a human being and also as my husband. And then I took a class on compassion because I was like, there's, there's something that I need to work on. And I think compassion has to do with it. So yeah, I, I then like took that class. And then told him to jump in the show. <laughs> I want to take this opportunity. There's a perfect opportunity to take a quick break. Uh, we are here, of course, with uh, Julie Chan of Being My Purpose. And we've been talking a lot about these Akashic record readings that she does for individuals, for businesses, for couples. Um, and I think it's time uh, to do one on us. Which, uh, which means that Julia has prepared a reading for open source business as we kind of go into the next phase or it feels like we're going into the next phase of what this business is and where it's going to be. So uh, stick with us. We're going to be back in just a second. If you're a business decision maker, you should listen to this. The show you're listening to is produced by Mouth Media Network, a podcasting network focused on the business of lifestyle. Because of our team's background and deep connections with brands, influencers, and ecosystems, we offer a tremendous opportunity to bring your company's message and products in front of decision makers from several verticals, including fashion, beauty, travel, materials and textiles, health and fitness, and lifestyle. Reach out to the Mouth Media team now at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Let's explore how we can collaborate and make Mouth Media Network a meaningful resource to share your message and grow your business. Again, that's podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Welcome back. 
Let's continue with the conversation with Pop and Ball, Rob Sanchez, and myself. We have been speaking to uh, Julie Chan, uh, Rob's wife, also the founder of Being My Purpose. What's going on, Julie? Hi. You holding? Uh, you holding in there? It's yes. been a long conversation. It's been a good one, but a yeah. long one, right? Yeah. Well, this is this is exciting for me. All right. So the uh, the next segment of this conversation. Um, we are going to be actually doing an Akashic record reading um, on, from what I understand, you've done one on Rob and I individually, mm-hmm. as well as the new venture that we're looking to go into from open source business. Yes. Okay. So we're going to throw it out there. Um, the giant grin she had makes me a little nervous. Yeah, a little nervous, right? <laughs> so a little bit of background or context. Um, Rob and I, as well as Mark, who's not here on mic with us today, have been working towards making a full pivot in our business. Um, And it's from business consultancy uh, to a media company, essentially. We have two podcasts that are um, ranking at the top of the list, I would say, the global list, the iTunes list uh, within fashion. So we've had a couple wins over there. Uh, We see a, a very interesting opportunity in the podcast space, not only to develop very interesting and engaging programming, but also a technology to enable it and really make, um, be able to power this industry, uh, going forward. So here we are, not only what I want to actually, maybe Julie, this is gonna be interesting. So while we just took a real quick, uh, break to freshen up our waters and our systems, I was, uh, <laughs> uh I was, I was mentioning to Rob that it'd be, uh, why don't we, have this reading on air um, and also kind of with the intention of, if it's interesting, maybe add it to the repertoire of shows that we're going to develop for the network of podcasts. So no pressure. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll see where this goes. And if we don't like it, yeah. cool. this personally, is personally, yeah. we're just going to cut it if it's bad. <laughs> All right. So let's do it. it We've been happened. talking a lot about yeah. the Kashik Records. Uh, why don't you do a quick synopsis again? Because we may want to kind of take this capsule out of the show and have it on its own also. So why don't you just give a real quick um, kind of overview of what the Akashic Record is and what you do? Sure. So, so yeah, Being My Purpose is a social enterprise Um, We empower people to know what their life purpose is and how to express it with confidence, courage, and creativity. And one of the ways they can do that is through their business. So I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. And um, so you had asked about the Akashic Records. How I do um, my intuitive purpose readings is I access something called the Akashic Records. It is a body of universal knowledge that is really looking at each person's soul at, I like to say it's a 300,000 foot level. I love when people look into my soul. (laughs) (laughs) I can see a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so at that level, you can understand why you are here and that's, you know, humanity's greatest question, why you are here and specifically for your business, why, why that business is here and what kind of impact it can make at its completion, you know, when it's fully fledged, when it's fully expressed, when it's past all of its blocks, what is it really here to do? Great. All right. So without any further ado, uh, who do you want to start with? Um, What's the process here? What, what are we doing? 
Hmm. So I did a number of readings for you. One individual readings, kind of what is the highest guidance for you at this time? And then, and I was grinning before because Rob literally asked me, like, as we were waiting in the lobby and coming up the elevator to start doing another reading. So I was typing away and doing that reading while riding the elevator. So which was what? That that was the reading on. I asked her uh, to, uh, to do a reading on the name. So okay, on the yeah. name of the company, yeah. the new company. Yeah, we're about to launch the network, and we have a name that the team feels divided on i think some of us absolutely love it and some of us cannot even say it without like revulsion so mm -hmm. i figured it was time to ask <laughs> fair enough yeah so maybe we can start with the individual ones first. okay why don't we start with okay. rob okay <laughs> <laughs> because i steered in that direction <laughs> <laughs> okay so how these readings work is that they're all text Based. So usually they're around two paragraphs or so. And now these are the mini ones, right? Yes, these are the, I call them the mini readings, even though they're actually quite long, but they pack in a lot of information. Um, it's different from my, my purpose sessions are kind of two, three hours long. It's, it's um, not quite as mini. So how it works is, you know, I meditate. I set an intention to ask for the highest guidance for you at this time, and I just receive thought forms. So they come in as words. I'm fully conscious at my laptop, and I do all my readings before I even meet with the person. In this case, I already know who you are, um, so I'm able to hold some you know, bank of information in the back of my mind to ask other questions as I'm going along. But um, what I receive is what I get, and... Um, I don't edit anything unless I happen to misspell a word <laughs> as I'm typing. So so it's all text. Um, each person does get an image because that is a, it's, you know, an image is worth a thousand words. So there's just more information that can be conveyed through that. So um, what other points do I need to say? One is that it's written in third person. So I might refer to Rob as Rob him, he, those types of pronouns, and um, refers to me as you, because I'm the one experiencing all of this. I'm seeing this, I'm feeling it, etc. Uh, the other thing is that some words are capitalized, which is intentionally done so just to emphasize that word. So when I email this reading to you, you can see it and refer back to what words are in particular very important for you to notice. So for Rob, I got... And I'm reading this off my phone because I have it in there. Demonstrating his effectiveness feels like a constant battle. But it is all in his head. Effectiveness just means that he can get things done. This is a very, this is essentially a state of doing as opposed to being with doing and being in all caps. When one is embodying what it means to be effective, he can finally let go of the fear of not being effective. And things will then become much easier for him. In his mind, he has different ways for him to get something done which is still a very literal view of what the end goal is. 
whether it is a document, an amount of money, or finishing a project that then goes public. Instead, being effective means to feel connected to other people's hearts and minds. He understands them, and they understand him. It is a two-way street. That is the core of communication. Being effective is not just about the technical details of doing a task. Yes, that's important, but it is the connection between people and the honest communication that arises that then allows for someone to be effective. And then the image that I saw, you saw a dot indicating point A, connecting to point B, and then connecting to point C, all in a straight line. You knew it implied that you can get from point A to point B, and then point C. In the next image, you saw point A again, but this time, honest communication to others came first. It allowed for a much wider web of connection, which branches coming out sideways with branches coming out sideways to other points that then came back to a rectangle of pos possible outcomes. So I wish I could actually draw this out, but in the first image, it was a line, point A connected to point B connected to point C. In the second image, it starts with point A, and then all the lines kind of go up, and it creates a web in a very small amount of space, and that starts with honest communication. And then I saw a rectangle, and that represents the field of possibilities, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yep. You realize that in the first scenario, that point C wasn't even the outcome you wanted. The end outcome was your definition of success. That was the rectangle of possible outcomes, kind of this field of success. The second method is more effective because it enlists the universe to help and goes straight to the end result you want faster. Point C is not relevant. It's just there to distract you. And then for the action, this is a recommended action. See where you feel like you are pushing your effort towards a point C. Look for the rectangle of possible outcomes. It is a field, not one singular point. Start with honest communication with the people around you even those beyond your immediate project. So this is actually a bit longer than my typical mini readings, but the question I always ask is, how does this resonate with you, if at all? And what does it bring up for you? Thoughts, emotions, stories? So I think first, um, 
because we've been getting ready for the Rays, and I think everybody's seen this, like I'm knee-deep in paperwork at the same time as like trying to get everything else going. And so I've been putting in stupid hours, I think is the right word, um, because I'm just like trying to cram it through. And so I actually made the decision two nights ago to stay at work until 12 o'clock, 1230, something like that. I think I got home past one o'clock um, because I had received feedback back from our first investor on the docs and I wanted to turn them around quickly and I was going so quickly that I made a mistake and then I redid the whole thing so that I would get them done the same day. Probably didn't need to do that, right? Um, and then that made me tired the next day and then I missed the morning of the next day and, and it kind of snowballed from there. Um, so I, I definitely do see like every now and then I'll make a mistake in like spending energy on finishing a task when I probably would have been better off to like sleep, um, or go home or that sort of stuff. So I see that. Um, and I think there's, there's definitely like, I, and this may seem weird from what I know about how people perceive me, but, um, I grew up being the lazy one in my family. Like that was kind of the role I had in the family and the self perception I have of myself. And so, um, I see myself as being really bad at getting stuff done. Um, which I know like anyone looking at what I've done may think that's weird. Insane. Yeah. To even think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I see myself as really lazy and so I'm constantly trying to prove that I'm not. And, uh, that state of trying probably isn't the right place to be in. Um, yeah. It made it sound like it was a constant battle. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm always concerned that like when I did the deck, like I put in crazy hours on it because I felt like if I didn't, I'd be letting the team down. So I was like, working around the clock on it. Um, so yeah, I can definitely like that part definitely resonates with me. And then the A to B to C, like this is a constant struggle. I think for me is the idea that I have to do this for this to happen is really like, that's kind of how my mind works. And so, um, like I didn't want us to email investors until we had all the docs done for the offering, um, which number one, like the fact that I'm doing them all is probably different than most startups. And number two, the fact that we are as locked in as we are now is also probably not normal. Um, but like for me that that had to happen before we even set up a meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely like thinking that ABC yeah. So, and the other scenario was you start with point A, and then it's just honest communication with everyone. Yeah. It doesn't even matter if it's related to your project. Yeah. Well, well, let me take that to our first confirmed investor. Yeah. Uh, verbally confirmed. So. Yeah. Um. He happens to be a partner at an uh, at a relevant law firm in yeah. New York, 
And his specific domain expertise is on IP and contractual law and things of that nature. Like business and investment mm-hmm. and so on, yeah. So once you started bouncing back and forth on this, um, things moved very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, because it was two of you. Yeah. Just brainstorming. Knocking it out, yeah. yeah. And what's crazy is that he's an investor, right? So you're showing your vulnerability to him in terms of, you know, this might not be perfect, kind of seeing what you think about it. And not only was it well received, but it now is accelerating our path quite yeah. f- quite quickly. Um, yeah, the only like the there were six changes to a total of sixty pages of documentation. It's pretty impressive, which is like kind of <laughs> yeah. insane. Well, uh, well, uh, I mean that speaks for your work, but yeah. I mean finding those six <laughs> points <laughs> is probably like. <laughs> Equally as difficult as putting together the all 3000 points around it as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for, for me, just hearing that is, is really interesting. And, and also now talking about working a bit smarter and getting other people involved in the conversation and not being afraid of hiding what we're doing and just doing it has been a huge mind shift in the last few days. Mm -hmm. We started, we started telling people what we were doing maybe a week ago, right? Like, yeah, no, no, Jim no, was the not, first not more one. than that. Yeah. So, so the interesting thing about our first investor was that we didn't pitch him. Um, we just told him what we were doing over a lunch. Like he and I were catching up over lunch mm-hmm. about a different project. And I told him what we were doing and now he's an investor. Um, so we're getting to that, like just telling people and getting the feedback. The other thing is that our team has been going through some tough communication We've been going through a lot of hard conversations as a team too. So the open and honest communication, I think, is is very relevant for right now. Um, Mark and I kind of came to an agreement a while ago that we would tell each other exactly what we thought the other person needed to know. And um, there have been times where, like, he and I weren't communicating well, and you know, like, we'd take a beat, we'd sit down, and we'd say, "Here's why. Here's what's going on," and we'd solve it and that's helped me grow a lot over the last couple of months too. And, and I think our working relationship is much stronger now. So, um, yeah, that kind of hits where we're at, I think. Um, yeah. So I guess for, for you, Pavan, hearing, hearing Rob's reading, does it bring up anything for you since you know him in a different way? Um, yeah. So, so for me, it's interesting to hear your reaction. Um, kind of needing approval, not approval, but uh, appreciation or just other people acknowledging your work that you do. And you, you know, in our team, I think for me, it's clear um, the work that you provide and the value that you bring um, to the team is, is beyond uh, what one person should be able to contribute. Um, and you really, really carry a lot on your back. So to hear that maybe it needs to be verbalized back to you uh, in order for you to actually um, have a sense of, you know, being appreciated or included, not included, but maybe just helping you drive forward. Mm-hmm. Um, being the, the comment of you being the laziest one in your family um, makes me 
never want to be a part of your family. <laughs> um, <laughs> for, <laughs> so, so uh, but but I understand that I could I could relate to that. Um, and 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 I actually see that as a as a positive uh, drive. I don't. I think that that's something that's going to help you quite a bit as we progress and we move forward. Because if you have that kind of little fight in you to not or dispel that, mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be very very valuable uh, for everybody involved in this project. Um, but yeah, going back to the reading, I'm I'm uh, I'm interested in knowing um, that you're seeking um, validation or not validation. Sorry, that's the wrong word. So I'm, I'm like every single thing I do, I'm worried that I'm not going to be good at it. And so I like, I don't know, like, uh, so for example, when, when I was behind on paperwork on employment stuff, like that killed me because yeah. I just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have the time or like the fact that it took me so long to finish the transfer paperwork that killed me because like, I'm ineffective. I'm lazy. Like all those tropes were kind of repeating in my head. Mm. Um, and I know like rationally that's probably wrong because we were doing so many other so things much stuff going that on. was yeah. more important than that. But still like, yeah, that, that eats at me. Um, yeah. So with the effectiveness, um, do you think that it's important for you or for us to um, identify when we feel that you're hitting these significant milestones and you're just trumping everything that we would? Because this is the truth. You know, you, you go far beyond expectations and. I'm wondering if you if it would help if you actually knew that. It might, because usually I see it as me not doing enough, which is maybe like a a weird. Well, I'm wondering if that would thing. help <laughs> <laughs> if we keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because it the reading brings up how effectiveness is not about doing; it's about a state of being. So when you embody effectiveness. Like really get present to what that feels like. And it is a connection on a heart level with another person. So the, I think even the fact that this conversation is happening helps you to embody what it means to be effective. And when you are in that state of being and you start with honest communication first, like this is an example of honest communication that allows you to actually be effective. So it's that the notion of allowing for you to be effective mm -hmm. because you already are. Yeah. You've just been blocking yourself with all the yeah, the the inner battle. Well, the other thing is that it's harder for, to do work uh, because I'm worried about the outcome. So I think like with um, with the transfer paperwork, I was so concerned about the the points that would be negotiated against. Um that I think that took me longer than it probably should have. So maybe that's an example of like not being open. And the, the fact was like it took two hours and no negotiation to get that done once I did it. Um, is it a classic eat the frog situation? Yeah, probably. 
Although I don't know what that means. It means you, uh, like eating the frog is just something that you mentally block, right? Mm-hmm. So you know that there's a task ahead of you. And yeah. yeah. You're like, shit, it's got to get done. Every day it's got to get done. It's got to get done. But for some reason, you're walking around it. You're doing other things around it yeah. besides attacking that. So eating the frog is really taking a task that you've been avoiding or you know that is priority and just get it done. Do, do one frog a day, right? Like, <laughs> and just get it done. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's <clears throat> definitely how it feels. And it, in that case, the honest communication may be to yourself. Hmm. Because yeah. you can see get it done as like point A gets me to point B, gets me to point C, and all you care about is point C. Mm-hmm. But actually, there is something else that you're really striving for. Yeah, I think um, a lot of the um, successes we've had over the last nine months came from us thinking outside of A to B to C. It's yeah, always come true. from like, man, here we are. What the hell do we do to figure this out? Right. And yeah. You know, even when sim- simple things like event programming, you know, just scaling back, being like, this is a better approach. This is an easier approach that we can accomplish. This is something that won't stress us out. And this is a different outcome, but it's an equally good outcome, right? And just thinking of situations that make us happier, more motivated, and accomplish a similarly effective end goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what maybe that rectangle is, is that there isn't a C mm-hmm. there's probably an A through Z and, um, you infinite know. possibilities and we'll be somewhere <laughs> right. in there. It's all good. Double A's, triple A's. <laughs> yeah. And, and just really, you know, kind of, kind of going with, uh, you know, the, the water mentality is that you just have to be malleable as water where you could just be accommodating and, and figuring it out and just kind of going what feels right, flowing yeah. in the right direction. What's interesting is that you and I both came from an event planning background with probably the opposite approach to event planning, which was like, if we get a space, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything else after that kind of mm-hmm. comes together. And um, yeah, sometimes it's easy to forget that, especially going into this, like the next phase of the company is incredibly exciting, but also a little scary. So, yeah. Are you scared? I'm not scared so much as like in a moment, all eyes are going to be on us. Mm-hmm. And we're not limelight people. We're not limelight people. And yeah. I'm, I'm like even more behind the scenes than you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's kind of like, even like, I gotta be honest, I'm a little freaked out by how, how much resonance we have with the community right now. It's nice. And the fact that I can't go somewhere without being known oh. is mm-hmm. weird for me. Like I'm, I like to sit back and, and I have to be on all the time now. So yeah. this is like next level of that. <laughs> and not, not just that, for the raise, we have to make ourselves visible. So yeah. even more so, forget about the podcasting that we do and people understanding our personality and feeling like they know us. Well, actually, yeah. they do know us. They do know us. Not and just <laughs> feeling like they, they do know us, which yeah. is the freaky part. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah, I agree with yeah. that. That's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a different type of growing. Well, it's also on a whole different level, a different way of showing your effectiveness, right? <laughs> Cause now it's not just the team. Yeah. Um, people from the outside are going to be analyzing and viewing and inspecting our inf- effectiveness. Yeah. 
Um, so maybe some of that pit bull drive that you have right now to, uh, to overcome, um, <laughs> so you're trying to poke me away from Yeah. <laughs> Don't resolve it. Don't resolve it. <laughs> no, I think it's just naturally going to keep you going. Um, within the team, I think it's important for us to, to support and to, to be communicating when we're just blown away by, uh, some of the accomplishments and the acumen that you have that you bring to the table. Um, and the effectiveness, right? But, um, I think that it's going to be natural that now that it's going to be coming in from strangers and, and friends that aren't in the inner circle and family, it's, uh, it's going to be pretty public. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's gonna be public. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's your point a, and <laughs> yeah. then honest communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All it, and that's what you're good at. So. Yeah, I've, you're really I've gotten, good at communicating. Yeah, I've gotten really good at it <laughs> through, through like necessity. <laughs> yeah, we had a nice tough uh, Friday night team conversation just uh, yesterday. Yeah, it was a good way to end the day. <laughs> was it a good way? You needed to get that out. I needed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was lancing a boil to some degree, and um, like uh, so, I got a phone call from that team member late last night. Last night, mm-hmm. and. I was blown away by the positive effect. Hmm. Like that was a hard conversation and, um, it resulted in positive, like, here's how I want to be effective. What else can I do? Was the response. Um, so like that was pretty amazing to go from how do we get, how do we get to where we need to be? Oh my God, we're screwed to, here's what I want to do. Here's what I have done that I forgot to tell you about. And here's where I want to be. It was pretty amazing. Well, being in this leadership role, right. As an executive team, it's difficult. Oh my God. When you, to, to not be, you can't, you know, any relationship, the, the one thing that boils me the most is like passive aggression, right? That is the worst thing that could lead to so many more obstacles and demotivating and whatever you want to call it. It's just, it's, it's, yeah. I'm learning tough love, like coming from that place of love. Like, you know, I want you to be here, Mm -hmm. but you just aren't. Yeah. Like sometimes you got to say it. Yes. And, um, yeah. So that, <laughs> so going back to the reading though, the communication yeah. piece, yeah. uh, showed its, um, and its being strength, able to see value. the possibility in them yeah. and what, <clears throat> what you're all working towards. Yeah. All right. Um, what else are, are there the years now? <laughs> are we done with yours? Was yours exhausted? Do you have I'm any exhausted. more probing questions? Do you want to poke them with a fire no. stick? No. <laughs> he gets this every day from me. But, <laughs> yeah. but, I think um, the other day I was saying like, some days can I just relax? Yeah. <laughs> no more inner growth. Yeah. Um, no, and it's designed to to let you see that if you're not operating from that place of being effective, then you just burn out. Mm-hmm. And that takes a toll on you physically because you're using your own personal energy as opposed to allowing, you know, the universe to actually send people your way or mm-hmm. make it easier for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if the universe is actually here to make stuff easy? <laughs> <laughs> well, on that point, like uh, when we started talking about it, mm-hmm. we had like three people come out of the woodworks. What's the it uh, about our about, project? Uh, mm-hmm. About the project we had. 
we would meet somebody because they had a cool hat on and it would turn out that they did exactly what we needed. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty amazing. Or you'd meet people in an elevator. Yeah, that's true. Like, uh, yeah. So I forgot about that. Um, I left an event and like for no reason, like I, I probably should have stayed a little bit longer, but I was just like, I got to leave now. And I ended up in the elevator with a guy whose technology solves one of the questions that we have on, on the project. Like this guy's company did Does that yeah. and he's an investor. Like that's insane. Mm-hmm. And that was just because I felt like I should leave the room at that moment. And even though it was awkward to do so, I did cause I'm getting better at like following those urges and, uh, kicked up a potential investor. Like, that's nice. crazy. Yeah. Following so, your intuition. Yeah. Leads to magic. All right. I'm ready for you, Julie. What do you got? You ready? Yeah, why not? All right. Let's take a look at yours. By the way, I, m- I must point out, um, observing your body language and your uneasiness, fidgeting <laughs> with yourself, your clothes, and everything while that was happening was pretty beautiful <laughs> to see. So just awesome. for those that can't see this happening, which is mostly everyone besides the stream. nervous. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think everyone does, right? To a certain degree, unless you have very low BP like myself, naturally. <laughs> low resting heart rate. All right. So for you, I got knowing, in quotes, is where he gets tripped up. He feels like he should know things, like how to get from point A to point B, and the fastest and easiest route, or the most adventurous route. He would see other people and envy their knowingness, because he doesn't quite have it inside. Yes, he's had moments of following his gut, and he is an emotionally connected person. But what is true knowingness for him? Is it that he embodies what it means to be the library? Is it that he embodies what it means to be Google, that has access to information, on the internet. It is one thing to know and another thing to understand that he can use tools to gain knowledge. Pure knowing is a rock solid core belief system that cannot be shaped by other things. There is no knowledge to attain It is about seeing his database already installed and giving him guidance. And then the image that I got for you. You saw an old school computer. The kind with the huge square monitor and the giant hard drive. As a little boy, he sat in front of it in awe and trembling with anticipation at what that moment meant. First, this computer gave him access to all sorts of fun and games. But second, the moment he started dialing onto the internet, 
He had no idea what was on the other side. It is this thrill and then pushing past the feeling of disconnectedness to connectedness that he loves. Know that he has already pushed past the disconnectedness and he is already there in the internet. It is not the knowledge accessible to him that is important. It is his knowing of where he is. And then the action step for you is to see himself already there. He doesn't need to put himself before he's dialed in or at the thrill of accessing the World Wide Web. Embrace this knowing that he is already standing in it. So just for me to clarify for you, that image was really about that moment of, you know, like AOL dial-up connection. And it's that moment of like, <gasps> it's dialing. <clears throat> and it's knowing that on that's like being in the state of disconnectedness because we're not yet connected. And once you're past it, you are already there. There's so much information. And the action is about seeing yourself already there with all the information, but you are like, you embody all that information. It's not like you have to learn everything. He doesn't need to put himself before he's dialed in, meaning don't play this story that you are not yet connected. See yourself as already there and connected. Mm -hmm. So how does this resonate with you, if at all? And what does this bring up for you? Yeah. So pretty interesting. I'm not somebody that, so I have a lot of interests, um, baseball, sports in general, uh, music, movies, just like anyone else. When I speak to folks generally, whether it's friends or colleagues or just with people that you meet, the amount of detail that they're able to express about those interests that I also have makes me feel inferior. The fact that I don't know specific names and stats and things because I just aren't, I'm not able to process that stuff. I used to be able to when I was younger, so I would know Everyone, every player, what team they're on, what their stats were, what the lineup is, all those things. And I understand that there is a capacity that as humans we're able to absorb and keep retain and then we start dripping that out. But there has been a bit of a fear lately because I don't, you know what I mean? Like, uh, what were they in, right? I don't, I don't know. What was the name of that movie? I don't know, but it was great, you know? Like, I mean, <laughs> it's crazy that I'm rubbing off on you. <laughs> right, with the I don't names. <laughs> it's 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 unbelievable that you know since kind of going down this um this journey like starting 5 years ago, right? Just really starting on my own and trying to explore what my path will be. I've kind of stopped absorbing that kind of detail and those that information. And it does burn me a bit that I don't know those things. Um, and now that we're here, we do the podcast all the time. So we interview 
weekly experts, I mean real detailed experts with very specific domain expertises on what they do. And, you know, we we retain a bit from each conversation. There's always a point that sticks. And then over time, we've had about 160 interviews with unbelievable people. I do feel that I'm in that space now that I'm comfortable finally not knowing anything <laughs> or just enough to t talk around it and have a conversation. And I've realized more recently than anything that my strength has been my emotional intelligence. There's no doubt. Um, Rob actually said it straight to me. Um, I forgot what the context was of our conversation before you mentioned this, but you said the reason why I dropped everything to work with you is because you are the absolute best I've ever seen in my life at cultivating and keeping relationships and connecting with people. No, it was really connecting with people. Yeah. Right. Um, and since that conversation, I've been, um, more free or okay with not knowing things because it's been supplemented with what I can do, what I do excel at. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't, you know, I, I still do feel like, uh, so football season just started. Right. <laughs> and, um, going back to, to that, it's like, Oh yeah, I have this as a, a running back or this person is my quarterback. And you know, I'm not able to talk the detail on it. I just like the sport. I like watching it. And I, you yeah. know, um, I follow the giants, but sometimes I have trouble remembering, you know, one of the core receivers names. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why don't I <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is this? Am I like less of a fan? Am I less of a, you know, um, less intelligent than other folks? And I think that, um, my strengths show itself in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I've had traditionally a tough time understanding that more so in the last five or six years when I was in a structured environment. So I was going to work at this time, getting jobs done, completing it, leaving it. I felt so smart and that is harder. That feeling is harder to come by when there isn't structure anymore and we're doing things um, that haven't been done before that, you know, you wake up and you're like, what are you going to work on today? You're like, shit, what do I need to accomplish? What I, like this unstructured world of business, you know, or of entrepreneurship or whatever you want to call this. I, I don't even want to call myself an entrepreneur because we haven't, I don't feel like we've, um, we've earned that designation just yet. Right. I feel we're onto something and I feel like we're building and I, desperately want to be able to be called an entrepreneur in my own mind. Um, but you know, whatever this is, whatever this journey is, it's, it's difficult. It, it definitely weighs on you. It makes you rethink, um, your ability. And I think in that over the last four or five years, I've been second guessing knowing things, whether it's important, whether it's not, um, want to talk about that computer image. So, I actually have a very, very vivid moment in my life where I remember my brother, he's six years older to me. 
we brought home, I think I want to say it was the Commodore 64. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, he was, it was on MS DOS and, you know, just watching him power it up and figure it out and then go into the games. And, and that was a, that was the one it had games. Like it, yeah. you didn't have like, you had like gauntlet and stuff where like was the one that I really remembered was gauntlet. But, um, I just remember being marveled by what he was doing on it. And then I was always watching him do things growing up. So building wooden bridges for tech class or he was a hobbyist. So he built a lot of like cars and planes and things, you know, and um, to me, that was, that was knowing Right. Um, but when you frame it into this, like being in a networked or an internet or a, kind of this open field, I don't necessarily need to know everything. I need to know how to navigate around what's out there and leverage people. And I think that that's something that I've figured out very, very recently. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what's happening. And, you know, we made a comment the other day. We were out at um at an event. Uh, on Monday, I had just come back from Columbia, which was my bachelor party, and I was pretty much fried. My brain just wasn't working. <laughs> I had joked around with Rob saying that, why are people asking me all these different, like difficult questions? Like, what do I do? <laughs> I was like, what the F? And, and it happened to be a particularly... Um, we got some really good content. Powerful crowd, there. right? I mean, yeah. it was uh, hosted we were... by the, uh, the consulate, of, uh, the British consulate. Had the deputy mayor of London there. I mean, there's yeah. only like 60 people in the room. And I couldn't answer the question in an intelligent manner of what do you do? So what I did was <laughs> in that room, I I went back and I said, okay, I'm in this space. I, like, this is my thing. Like, I know how to navigate people. And I basically started a conversation and and then was able to use charm around having to talk about specifics <laughs> about anything. So I would have Rob around me and I mentioned, they're like, oh, so someone asked, like, what are your roles? Like, what do you guys do at this company? I said, well, I founded the company and Rob does everything else, right? And then <laughs> I would just, let, I would just let it go. Yeah, yeah. I would just let it, let it rock, right? Because I knew that I wasn't going to come off to be knowing <laughs> or of any sort. So I keep coming back to this no, 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 like knowing and yeah. learning and stuff because of what you just read. But um, it was pretty funny. So I don't know how – I guess, yeah, it resonates pretty deeply with me the, what you said is that I feel that – you know, unfortunately, I've been like a jack of all trades, master of none. Um, and I'm okay with that because I know so many masters around me. And now I'm learning how to just be there with them as a colleague and figure it out. What, so, yeah, what I find really interesting is as we've developed these podcasts, our roles have shifted. We don't need to know anything, we need to have the egoless position of hearing. Yeah. And that for me has been a, an amazing shift. Like I don't, all I need to know. And, and this is the thing is, um, Liz made a comment to me that like, you don't know any of the terms of the industry you're working in, but you know enough to get people to say incredible things. And that for me is Mm -hmm. like, that's who we are. Like, yeah. So Liz, uh, is an executive advisor. That's who Rob is uh, referring to. She's one of our executive advisors for open source business. Um, 
Yeah, somebody had broken down, like, there's three different ways to ask questions. There's asking questions to make yourself look good. There's mm-hmm. asking questions to make a point. And then there's asking questions to get the other people to say what they know and what they feel. Mm-hmm. And we're now in that third bucket. And the so just to kind of jump the game a little bit and say how it resonated with me is that not only did I connect with you because you were so good at putting people together, but you had this weird ability to know where things would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why like right now we're going all in on, on podcasting as the future. And I think it's because you've seen and talked with so many people that you just know that this is next. You don't have to know why and how, and like, mm-hmm. as you said, like, that's kind of my role is to put the pieces together, but your role is to know that that's where we need to build towards. Right. And, um, that's also something that I don't have. And I don't think anyone else on the team has. I mean, some of our team members are still arguing that video is the future and, and you know, it's not. And, um, yeah, so that, that for me is like an incredible skill and it's why you're at the driver's seat. Well, what worried me about what Julie was saying, I like, I've had those moments in the past and you've experienced it. Um, it amazes me every time <laughs> if something comes true. But um, you said I've had a couple um, situations where I forgot exactly what it said, but it said something where, where there's foresight. And, yeah. yeah. It, it mentioned that sometimes you trust it and sometimes you doubt it. Yeah. Or at least that's what I took from it. Oh, it said, yes, he's had moments of following moments. his gut mm-hmm. and he's an emotionally connected person. But what is true knowingness for him? Yeah, you know, what we're doing right now, I have no doubt. The moment that you brought it across to me, so this isn't building the network. The network, sure. I'm excited about building a podcast network. But the technology, my reaction was, let's drop everything and and move and move fast. Right. And it was so exciting because I I've had these moments in the past and I didn't have a team to get it done. And I'm not the one to get it done ever. I have great ideas. Ask my fiance. Always have great (laughs) ideas. Execution isn't my strength. So the fact that we're executing fast and quick and we're moving towards it. I can't wait to to see how this unravels and plays out. Um, yeah, so I hope I could put this to de- I'm not doubtful at all right now. So that's like mm. why I know that this is going to be something big. And, you know, I, I look back and, and I'm sure other many folks have, but, you know, right now I'm 34. I'll be 35 in December. And... I always expected to be in this place like 10 years ago, right? Mm. And there had been a level of doubt that was rising because time was expiring or passing, not expiring, but it just kept going. Mm. And these things weren't happening. And I, I'm not one to force stuff. I just, it just wasn't happening, but now it's happening. It's happening fast and it makes sense. It feels right. And we're doing it. 
And I guess nothing really matters besides now building and loving what we're doing, right? So um, hopefully it translates into, <laughs> you know, into a really nice, successful journey, whatever that means, right? Um, it has so far. But it's crazy how yeah. quick, you know, you, you read these books and it's like, yeah, you know, leadership is known when to pivot and when to do that and when to do this. And you read that shit and you're like, I mean, <laughs> it's all jargon, right? But yeah, um, it's, if it's it keeps retroactively. Yeah, spot on, <laughs> yeah. spot on. Like yeah. I, you know, I've been feeling more and more empowered um, as a leader because of you guys around me because of your effectiveness. <laughs> um, and I, I definitely feel at, at times that I'm not holding my side of the bargain. So, you know, now that I'm taking on the role of relationship and this is a, a more recent shift, I would say, or realization, I'm, I'm really owning it. Like, yeah. I mean, not on the content side, because I don't think that's a priority. Like I do feel like I'm kind of got people who are doing that. Yeah, I know. But I, I think the content side for sure, we need to pay a little bit more attention or that that's something that I should be because I said I was going to own it. I need to kind of step up a little bit more, but I mean, we have like eight investor meetings next week. We have three the following week already lined up. I mean, and these are, yeah, these are great meetings. And they're and strategics. They're, not. they're all strategics. Yeah. yeah. These aren't just folks with a pulse. So, um, I'm I'm feeling more comfortable in my role of just vision and people and connecting. So I want to, I do want to settle in there and feel really comfortable in that seat and have everything around me orbiting and making sense to support that. And mm -hmm. that's what's happening right now uh, over the last month or so. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, I've, um, my entire life I, I, did um struggle with not knowing everything and mm -hmm. wanting to and, and feeling incompetent to some capacity that i didn't and more recently i'm very very comfortable with just being where i am and um yeah and in moments when you do start to doubt or you know the knowing trips you up i like how it said the database is already installed. <laughs> yeah. Just let it guide you. Like it's already in you. It's not yeah. something external. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's pretty good. It was relevant. <laughs> no. Something about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we, do we do a business one? What, what do we got going on here? Yeah, so in the lobby, so um, mm. so Pavan had told me that he was not going to be free until like two o'clock today, and we were supposed and to originally you were supposed to be at here at one. one. Mm -hmm. So Julie and I walked over late as per usual, and um, we got here at about one forty <laughs> for because, the one you know for the one o'clock, um, and we were sitting down in the lobby and waiting for Pavan to get home. And it occurred to me that Julie should do a reading. So we have a, I would say it's like a five, two split on our team right now about the name that the three of us who are kind of like the executive team just are one billion really percent it. behind. Yeah. 
And then we have a bunch of other people on the team who are just like either vehemently opposed or vehemently for. Um, and so I thought, you know, like, great word. Yeah. I love that word. Mm -hmm. Um, so I asked Julie if she could do a reading and like maybe help give some information to that. So I have no idea what's going to come out of that. Do you think it's worth introducing the name first for us? Sure. Okay. So, uh, we are building, um, not only a network of programs around podcasting, but we're also building a technology to enable the, the industry. So what we are going with is mouth. So it could be mouth media mouth as a standalone, as an app. So it'll be a app first or a mobile first, um, technology solution. And that is kind of where we've come. And, you know, for me, it's, uh, it comes from like, I, I imagine Dennis, the menace always having like a, like, He's got a real mouth on him, that guy, right? And I've and I've heard that about myself, and that's why I really, really love it. Is because like my friend's dad, Eric's dad, would always go, "Man, you really got a you really got a mouth on you, but you know how to use it." So, <laughs> like, no, it's fine. So you could offend people just to that point where it's still, you know, appropriate, and you're able to reel it back in. And I was like, "Yeah, thanks." <laughs> so, so, so I feel that I get in and out of trouble, and I have. I I get it in and out of trouble with my mouth. Um, I'm able to navigate situations with this mouth of mine. So um, I really like it as, as a name. So that's why I love it. For me, um, I, the first thing I thought of was Calvin and Hobbes mm-hmm. and the shapes that uh, Bill mouths? Watterson draws. Mm-hmm. Like there's one in specific. Um, I don't even, it's, Calvin faking a smile for his class picture. And he's got mm-hmm. this like toothy, cheesy, <laughs> just crazy ass mouth. Mm-hmm. And for me, like that's the image that I'm thinking of. And that, and for some reason, just like Andy Warhol images of mm-hmm. mouths, just like flashy colors and sexy mouths, some sexy, some yeah. not, you know, it's okay. just like the, and the other one. So, um, back in high school, we had a really cool choir teacher and he wanted to do Rocky Horror Picture Show because of course that's appropriate for mm-hmm. a high school. Absolutely. And he wanted me to play the lead character. And I just remember like the, the scenes in that movie around mouths mm-hmm. just have always kind of been there. Like the, I don't know, the Rolling Stone mouth. There's just so many great mouths around <laughs> that, we want to give everyone a mouth for me that's what i think yeah about, so right? this like is so this yeah. is going to be uh ho- well we think it's going to be our trademark process starts on monday yeah so, so we, it looks we like we're this... pulling the trigger on mouth unless this reading tells us otherwise to, yeah. to run in the other direction so we got but, the sign off from the trademark lawyer right. we got the feedback from a lot of people right now we're finding that there is it's a polarizing. slight gender shift no. split and there's a slight like whatever people's first image is, yeah, as you said, it's polarizing. So it's a bit polarizing, which I think is um, it's good as a branding yeah. tool is is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so. the team member who's vehemently opposed, what he said was, um, the reason I'm opposed to it is that you're going to have to spend so much time defining it. And to me, that's like that's why we would choose it, right? We want to be able to define it. And yeah, the ability to want yeah the uh, that opportunity to define your brand yeah. is actually quite yeah. powerful. Why mouth, mouth? You have to gives, yeah. 
you have mm, to take give a people a mouth. So let's hear what this <laughs> podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this was interesting for me because I had never done a reading while walking to the elevator and going up an elevator. <laughs> was it faster? Like you got to the picture quicker? It, uh, <laughs> you were ascending? And then I had to sit in this apartment and continue. Listen to reggaeton. And well, then... Not reggaeton. It's proper reggae. It's good. Okay, okay. It's good stuff. But, um, so I'm curious <laughs> what comes out because I honestly don't remember whenever I received this material. Mm. Okay. So, so Rob had given me Mouth Media Network, Mouth Media Player, and... Mentally, I had just asked, you know, what is the purpose of um, this company? I don't know, you know, how you're, this is like another company, right? Yeah, it's a company owned by open source business. Right. So what is the purpose of Mouth Media Network and um, what guidance do they have around the name being so controversial within the team itself? So it reads, the purpose of Mouth Media Network is to take one step towards creating a series of trampolines that allow people who engage with it to get to the next level. At each stage is a different set of challenges and opportunities that play off one another. This plugs into all the other arms of the trampolines, marketing, events, and business development. Imagine that this is the core of the data that allows people to know the truth about their impact, and it then grows from there. The name is interesting. Thanks. What is truth? to you. The truth in society now is that people think about oral sex and power dynamics, the role of women, disempowerment and empowerment when they think about a mouth. You think about language and truth and the spoken word. This is actually an opportunity to put these topics on the table. You have an opportunity to create a platform and transform this relationship with the term. That is the nature of society and the election. Referring to the presidential election. Which one? I think I, I think you need to say referring to the dumpster fire that is the president. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says we can do another reading on how to do this well. Meaning oh, I have how, so many ideas on how to do that well yeah, now. Yeah, how to do it well. So then the image that I got, you saw a visual representation of a mouth, the kind of cartoon or comic mouths in the detective series, like those types of graphic novels, the red lips of a woman, a comical one with lots of big teeth open in a grin. 
The mouths kept moving onto the screen like a carousel. So you just kind of see one after the other, after the other, after the other. The mouths moved faster and faster until they became a blur. And the word truth came up, replacing the mouths. This represents that it doesn't matter who they are and what they say. They all represent different facets of truth. All points of view, no matter if they are perceived good or bad, are all part of the truth of life. It is in sharing information and actually having transformational dialogue that people consciously create the positive and loving world they want. That is the end. Mic drop, dude. We're keeping mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keeping mouth. I'm very excited to keep mouth. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. So you mentioned all the transformations and like all the different views of a mouth, the cartoon ones, the lips, the this, the that, and then it got into truth. Mm-hmm. That is perfect. So when we were thinking about a name, we wanted to think of a name that digs a little bit deeper, that um, pulls out emotion or pulls out at something, right? Um, I love the name Vice Media. Mm-hmm. I love Vice Media because uh, to me, it's uh, you know, playing on okay. Well, we we as a people had a vice about something, right? And, and we're going to go and document that vice and and bring it out there. That's at least that's how I take it. I don't know if that that was their branding angle to it. And for me, I feel that mouth does this exact thing and it's more of speaking your truth whatever that truth is and all of them are okay right so we had a brand a bit of a branding exercise impromptu yesterday where we had the logo which is essentially a stylized m and it had a bit of an opacity to it and then behind it you could um what do you say Uh, how do you you could see through it yeah to a mouth behind it yeah, and we played around with different types of mouths there. And the way my comment was, well, if we have it almost like Google, we're on a day-to-day or when there's holidays or whatever it might be, there's a different stylized logo of what Google is representing. But what if we had a seemingly infinite number of mouth logos that people can pick to identify their show with. So to stylize to what their mouth really is and what their angle of show is and what their culture is around their show, or maybe they could even design their own mouth that we could then, you know, layer in for them. So I, I I don't know. I love it. And then Mark, Mark actually talked about the video. So he, when he saw the M that I had done the Mm -hmm. first, his first reaction was Marvel, right? Like, you know how Marvel flips the comic books mm-hmm. behind the Marvel logo? Mm-hmm. Um, so he was again, he was saying, we should actually have animated mouths behind the M, mm. speaking, singing, talking, laughing, um, yeah. and switch it. And his idea was like, every build we do is a different GIF playing, like, playing a different mouth, a different sequence. Yeah. So, yeah. There's so much we could do with this. Oh my god. So what I like is so, <laughs> so it started off as dominance, 
And then you also move towards um, – well, oral sex, sorry. You said oral sex. And um, and that was one of the visuals that one of the team members just – he's like, I can't get that. It's like it's a little bit phallic to me or you know, I can't get around that. And it doesn't matter. I mean because ultimately it's it's telling a story, right? So if that is the perceived notion of mouth, maybe we dispel it. No, we don't have to. Maybe we talk about it, right? So mm-hmm. essentially we're just giving people the ability to verbalize what's on their mind, right? And it's through this new form of content, which is podcasting. Um, it's in its nascency, even though it's been around for 10 plus years. It really is now finding its own pulse and creativity. What I like about how you started is that it does mean – Currently, it um, people have an association with a mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's me saying Dennis the Menace or you, know, you really have a mouth on you or someone thinking, wow, that, that looks like – you know, that's very sexual to me. Or, you know, mm-hmm. And then you related it to dominance, which was yeah. interesting. When you were saying empowerment and empowerment, I was like, that could be an issue. But when you kept unraveling it, it, w- it it made sense is that okay well how do we bring the issues to the table is this this is a forum so mouth is an avenue an opportunity to bring issues to the table and to bring perspective to the table to the universe for that matter right mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's really interesting because one of the things that i've been thinking about is um we have an incredible platform and there's a lot going wrong right now mm-hmm. and when I'm looking at what's going wrong, I'm seeing one cause. It's all fear, right? So fear is making people act against their best interest and against the interest of people around them. And the one thing that I'm seeing is that the use of lies has never been so blatant mm-hmm. um, as a tool of disempowerment. And... For me, like, I'm kind of interested in going beyond, like, right now we're killing it on the business and the tech side. Yeah. But as we branch out, I want to have a forum to talk about things, things that matter, right? Like, making money is great, but making money in a society that's falling apart is not great, right? Like, it, it doesn't matter. Um, so I've always wanted what we're building to start like resonating on those sides too. give Mm -hmm. a, give space for people to talk about what's happening around them. Um, Actually, that's interesting. So we, um, we ideated on essentially a forum, a podcast as a forum, mm -hmm. right? And this was, um, sparked by our emotional response to the black lives matter. Yeah. And I want to say movement, but it was the black lives matter, all lives matter, blue lives matter. Like that whole, the reactions against black lives matter, I think were what triggered us. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder that's how, so not that specific topic, maybe necessarily, but maybe we launch this network along with an open forum. Yeah. That incites productive Conversation. Yeah, what we were discussing was that like <clears throat> neither side 
And and I don't think side with a not, fact checker. We were talking about yeah, all this. Yeah, stuff. neither side is using facts. Yeah, and so both sides are weakening the points they're making or disguising what they actually feel. And so we were really interested in independently fact checking people's opinions to mm-hmm. help them strengthen either their conviction or understand the damage they're doing because of a lack of information. So kind of coming from this place of you know, like there is an objective reality to some degree. Mm-hmm. And if you're building your reality and so what, what I learned with the, the last founder I was working with is that you, you completely create the reality of the world around you and it can have no objective basis. In fact, um, as seen by other people around you, like you can literally construct a different world and be sharing the physical plane with other beings, Mm -hmm. but be in a different world. And so I see what we're doing as a way of kind of helping everybody be on the same level. Just understand, understand. Yeah. I really love that flip book that you put into my head right now about Mm, all of them going so fast that they blur out into truth. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't matter who they are. Yeah. 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 I, w- I wonder if, not I wonder, I, I'm I'm curious to see now how we can incorporate that into the, the, the fabric of this or the foundation of the branding. I think. The truth, right? Um, truth I, really hitting yeah. hard. I think like from the start, we just give Mark that mm-hmm. and he can build that animation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think like that may actually solve some of the questions team members have too. let them understand, like, here's why we are doing it. Right. And let me remind you, I pulled up the purpose reading of the, of open source business. The the trampolines. Yeah. Yeah. So originally, um, Julie had done a reading for our team three months ago and, uh, part of the the tone or the underlying takeaway that we had from that reading was that open source business is a series of trampolines. So people kind of jump, jump as high as they can on one, they find another one and we provide that. And then we find another one until they hit the the peak of that mountain that they're looking to climb. Um, there is also an aspect of surface area where we want to make the surface area as big as possible. So everyone could jump independently without bumping into each other. And this is, you know, what we're doing with, um, pivoting from uh, a biz dev consulting firm into a media company, we're looking at it as, as still empowering and still allowing people to jump higher and higher and higher. Yeah. So, so I, I brought up the, the purpose reading of open source business because looking back at it, it says its purpose is to be a platform of platforms that allow people to connect with one another and ultimately to seek inspiration and truth. Boom. The truth <laughs> in all caps. And it goes into the metaphor of the trampoline, but all all of this aligns. Quite nicely. Hmm. So we're good on mouth, huh? Yeah. Ain't nobody stopping us now. Ain't nobody stopping us. <laughs> Monday we're filing for trademark. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Julie. You're welcome. Yeah. It, it actually makes me feel very um, clear. If you could feel clear, that's how I feel right now. I feel very clear. 
<laughs> you know, uh, there is no hesitation um, with the name. I actually think it's spot on. Yeah. Um, and we had that feeling going into this, but now it's even – it's more dynamic than I had understood it to be prior to this. So that's cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's – okay. That was that was great. Um, I don't know if anyone else got used out of that. That was – I appreciate <laughs> it. We'll throw it out there if anyone says, oh, that was fun or you know, if it sparks <laughs> conversation, that would be interesting. So thanks everyone for uh, – tuning in i guess or or um joining you know us. or joining us yeah i mean uh if you've gotten this far you've uh you're clearly interested in in what julie does um the work that she's able to provide um us here at open source business uh as well as now mouth <laughs> media um are really really uh, bullish on her work and uh, appreciative of the experience that we've had with you uh, a few months ago in our office as well as now over here, uncovering some of the um, the areas that we need to to work on personally to to really get this uh, this business rocking and rolling the way that it, it will could should is <laughs> all the ways. So thanks so much, That's Julie. Already. Yeah, I hope you, yeah I hope you enjoyed uh, being on mic with us. Yeah, for thank us you giving so you a much. mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. And uh, so, Mr. Rob Sanchez. Uh, thank you all. Good night. Yeah, Julie. Thank you. Yeah, it was and fun. yeah, that was a good time. And for me, Pop and Ball, um, I will uh, maybe you'll hear me again. Shake it easy. Well, that's the end of the recording. I hope you found value in hearing about Pavan and Rob and my own experiences, beta testing a lot of different things, and seeing how both um, the podcast and my own business, as well as their businesses, have evolved over time. And this is something that I feel really strongly about because experimentation and testing and iterating constantly is really the name of the game for all of us. I'm really proud for how far they have come with the Mouth Media Network, and I'm really thankful that they are open to sharing all of their thoughts and insights here in this conversation. And thank you for sharing your time with us. Until next time, think about how your business or your new project or ideas can be impacted by connecting on a spiritual level to the purpose, the greater vision of what you're trying to do. And until next time, be on the lookout for all possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.